Hello everyone, Callie Hannah here with a quick disclaimer from the future, 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 future. <laughs> the episode you are about to hear was recorded prior to my public coming out as a transgender woman. As such, you will hear myself and others refer to me by my dead name and he, him pronouns, and that is not how I want to be referred to now. I, well, I go by Callie and I use she, her pronouns. Uh, the rest of the episode has been left as is for the purposes of historical preservation, but uh, just know that it is not accurate to my current uh, gender identity. Thank you, and enjoy the show. The hipster and the nerd. Yes, hipster and the nerd. The nerd. One went to the genius. The other is quite absurd. Exactly which is which. Off the fence is which. Yes, good sir. The hipster and the nerd. 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 Hipster and the nerd. Created by Steven Spielberg? No. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hipster and the Nerd, the podcast where we discuss movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, and all manner of geek and pop culture to see what we can make of it. I am Chris Hanna. With me, of course, is my co-host, uh, Brian Brecker. How are you doing today, Brian? We're back. After I'm doing great. I was sick for a bit, but now I am better. It was not COVID-19. Uh, thank the Lord Jesus, or the Jeebus. Jeebus. Um, and uh, yeah, and today we're talking about uh, pterodactyls, stegosauruses. Yes, because what are... do these things have in common? They are all dinosaurs. Yes, we are continuing to spare no expense in finally bringing... I, I know we were off a week because Brian was sick, um, as they just mentioned. But we are now finally back to bring you part two of the Jurassic Thon, where we will be discussing Jurassic Woo! Park 3 and uh. Jurassic World. So yes, and as time. with the original format of the last episode, we will go through the plots of both of these films without comment, commentary, or aside, unless I think it's funny. And uh, then at the end, we will do our little discussions of both of these movies. <clears throat> So, Jurassic Park 3. 12-year-old Eric Kirby and his mother's friend, Belle Hildebrand, go parasailing near the restricted Isla Sorna. Did I say that right? Yes. Alright. The boat's crew is killed by an unknown attacker, prompting Ben to detach the line before the vessel crashes into the rocks. Eric and Ben drift towards the island. Eight weeks later, paleontologist Dr. Alan Grant struggles to secure funding for his velociraptor research and rebuffs the, the public's obsession with the events on Isla Nublar from the very first film. Dr. Alan Grant, by this point, has become divorced from his wife and has two kids that he doesn't see very often. That's interesting, and I'll discuss that later. <laughs> Grant discusses his research with his longtime colleague, Ellie, hypothesizing that velociraptors were socially advanced beyond even primates. This will become a plot point later. In Montana, his assistant, Billy Brennan, who I had to look up is not Shia LaBeouf, uses a three-dimensional <laughs> printer to replicate a velociraptor larynx. Paul and Amanda Kirby, a seemingly wealthy couple, offer to fund Grant's research if he gives them an illegal aerial tour of Isla Sorna, and Grant reluctantly agrees only when they provide him a number that gives him the funding that he needs, and flies there with Billy, with the Kirby's associates Udesky and Cooper, and their pilot, 
Nash, which is a cool name. Uh, Grant learns that the Kirby's plan to land, and he protests, obviously, because, hey, there's fucking dinosaurs down <laughs> there. are fucking dinosaurs on this island. Him. We told you, I specifically said we're not landed on the dinosaur island. But Cooper knocks him unconscious. Grant awakens to find that the plane has landed, and the group flees when a predator approaches the runway. As the group boards the plane, Cooper is left behind. Not like the Nicolas Cage film, but similar. <laughs> the plane lifts off as a Spinosaurus emerges and devours Cooper. Nash hits the dinosaur, and the plane crashes into the jungle. The Spinosaurus attacks the plane and eats Nash, who has Paul's satellite phone. Remember satellite phones? Yeah. I don't either. Well, the survivors <laughs> flee, only to encounter a Tyrannosaurus Rex. The two dinosaurs fight, and the Spinosaurus kills the Tyrannosaurus as the humans escape. Grant confronts we'll the Kirby's, <laughs> re- yes, who uh, reveals they are a middle-class divorced couple, divorce, put a pen in it, uh, <laughs> searching for their son, Eric, and Amanda's boyfriend, Ben. Now, government agencies declined to help, so they deceived Grant and brought him along, mistakenly believing him to have experience on Isla Sorna. The group searches for Eric and Ben as they travel to the coast. They find Ben's corpse attached to the parasail, which Billy takes. Rest in peace, Ben. They also stumble upon a velociraptor nest, and Billy secretly places two eggs in his bag. They soon discover an in-gen compound where a velociraptor attacks before vocalizing to its pack. The humans escape with a herd of Corythosaurus and Parasolophilus, <laughs> causing a stampede. Grant and Udeski are separated from the others. The Velociraptors trap Udeski and attempt to lure Paul, Amanda, and Billy from their places in a tree. They yell each other's names a lot. Failing to coerce the group into rescuing Udeski, a Velociraptor kills him before the pack departs. Grant observes the pack communicating and suspects that they are searching for something. Maybe those eggs we stole. Hmm. As he tries to slip away, they ambush him. Eric disrupts the pack with canisters of tear gas and brings Grant to an overturned supply truck where he has been taking shelter. The following morning, Grant and Eric reunite with Billy and the Kirbys. The group narrowly escaped the Spinosaurus. Grant, suspicious of Billy, checks his bag and finds the Velociraptor egg, which Billy reveals he plans to sell for funding. Grant decides to keep the eggs in the hopes that the Velociraptors may spare them if the eggs are returned because these Velociraptors are smart. The group then unknowingly enters an aviary filled with Pteranodons. A flock attacks the group and flies away with Eric. Yes. Billy rescues him using the parasail, but is swarmed and seemingly killed. Hmm. The group escape in an avery, but unintentionally leave the cage unlocked. They board a small barge and make their way down a river. That night, they retrieve the ringing satellite phone from the feces of the Spinosaurus. Grant contacts Ellie and tells her where they are, but the Spinosaurus attacks the barge. Fuel from the boat leaks into the water, and Grant ignites it using a flare gun, forcing the Spinosaurus to flee. The following day, the group arrive at the coast, but are surrounded by the Velociraptor pack. Grant uses the replica larynx to confuse the pack and present their eggs. Upon hearing distant helicopters, the raptors claim their eggs and disappear into the the jungle. The Navy lands on the beach. Hello, operator. Get me the Navy. Hello. You've reached the Navy's automated phone service. Squidward! The robots are running the Navy! Not the Navy! Summoned by Ellie, who apparently can summon the Navy, and rescues the survivors. (laughs) On a helicopter, they discover that Billy has been rescued, albeit in a seriously injured state. They watch uh, the newly escaped Pteranodons 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 fly alongside them as they leave the island. And that's the end of Jurassic Park 3. And the original Jurassic Park trilogy. And uh, I have I have 
thoughts about this, but mostly I'd like to start with my metatextual realization about the franchise as a whole. And that is that the Jurassic Park series is obsessed with the nuclear family and its maintenance. All right. The first film, the main character learns to be a father. That's his whole thing is he needs to learn to want to become the parental role in the nuclear family. The second film has Ian Malcolm uh, it has, you know, Jeff Goldblum being divorced and having to take care of his daughter and rejoin his family. The third one has the divorced Alan Grant help a divorced couple get their son back and thus reunite the family. And in the fourth film, I know I'm jumping a bit ahead here, in the fourth film, there's a plot point out of nowhere where the two kids are revealed to have parents that are about to get divorced. And I just find this really interesting <laughs> that they keep doing this every single movie. Like you would think that they would be like, "Oh, let's take a different, let's take a different uh, approach." But no, every single Jurassic Park film up until the fourth one has played on some level with the whole dinosaurs attack. We need to step up to protect and reunite the nuclear family trope. It's basically die hard, but with dinosaurs every single time. And how does no one else notice this yet? <laughs> because uh, I think because it's a secondary theme to the main theme of the Jurassic Park movies, which is generally playing God is a bad idea. And it's why I've yes. sort of it's something I've been thinking about in the as we've been doing these as we've been doing this is that my issue with Jurassic Park being a franchise, even though I actually like the the world movies and. I will have some defense of three. I know it's not good, but, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. Um, uh-huh. I feel like the problem with making Jurassic Park an extended franchise is that it requires the characters continuously ignoring the lesson of the first movie, which is don't yes. build the dinosaur park. <laughs> and then every time in the in the future films where they say, oh, it will never be reopened now, it feels more and more hollow because, like, yeah. yes, you will. Feels more you like are already human, like open. every time they say humans and dinosaurs can't coexist, I'm like, then why do you keep trying? <laughs> why do you keep going back to the fucking it's island? The like the, the fucking the, 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 the it's just the fucking Dominion trailer has a line where, where like there's this dramatic voiceover from I think it's Bryce Dallas Howard's character is like humans and dinosaurs can't coexist, and I'm like, you didn't figure that out five fucking movies ago? <laughs> Jesus Christ! so here's the thing with the whole we can't play god park continually reopening slash money grubbing people putting people in danger capitalism is in in effect put as the foil towards traditional nuclear family structures and to defeat the capitalists and the people that want to like you know destroy people and like exploit dinosaurs the the only way to do that is to reunite the nuclear family which is especially (laughs) prevalent in jurassic world and we'll we'll get to it (laughs) yeah getting into jurassic park 3 there's a lot of weird shit in this movie but i'd like to start off on one of the reasons why i think this movie doesn't work and that's because one Yes, I am complaining about it straying from about it being so close to this nuclear family formula, but also having Dr. Alan Grant be divorced undercuts his arc in the first film. I actually do agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Um. And the thing is is that the movie can't decide whether or not it wants to be about, you know, uh 
getting the family back together or not because you have a divorced person getting a divorced family back together that has nothing to do with his own family and it feels really thematically confused because it it both undercuts the original arc and also doesn't make sense story-wise given that arc like the the clear goal was they were going to get back together so it doesn't really make sense for them to like i don't know it's maybe been what like how many like it's been a couple I, I, years yeah, it's been a few years and it's just like it, 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 they had that experience together and so and then just suddenly just i mean i get people drift apart but like i i, I honestly like, don't see dr alan grant going through everything that he went through in the first jurassic park film and then saying yeah my research is more important than family yeah which is basically where he is in this movie yeah and I think that's one of the reasons why Jurassic Park 3 doesn't connect with people as much as even Jurassic Park 2, is that it doesn't have... It, it, one, it takes Alan Grant, and then it puts him in a place that people don't recognize, and they don't feel as... like They don't feel like it makes sense for his character to be in that point. Um, but then also, it's thematically like discontinuous from the rest of the series yeah. to have him not be in a family role. And I guess maybe if they did something interesting with that, like they were like, hey, you know maybe uh not everyone needs to be a family man maybe we'll subtly critique the 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 arc and the morals of the first film no they don't do that it feels like they didn't know what to do what it feels like to me is that they didn't entirely know what to do with alan grant after the first movie so they decided if they were going to bring him back they needed to hit the reset button which is why they mm-hmm. do the divorce and basically just have him go through the arc he went through in the first movie again. Like, Ugh, it's so bad. Well, also, yeah. his arc really has nothing to do with his family back home. We barely see his wife and we barely see his children. I mean, his which one is kid pretty exists, funny. so he calls them on the satellite phone and then briefly gets he distracted do, they, watching Barney. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. They do, in fact, exist. Um, So other things I'd like to say, Billy is a boring character, just generally not an interesting character um the kid the kid of the two divorced parents is also not very well written i don't think he write he's written basically just as like an alan grant stan (laughs) which is like kind of the role that uh the grandson was in in the first film so it really does feel like they're recycling old material now i wonder if Um, i wonder if at one point this was supposed to be tim I'd like I mean, gonna... that would make more sense. I mean, Tim had a cameo in the last movie, and he had a cameo in Lo- in Lost World, but, but they they haven't mm. brought him back, him or his sister back since for for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, besides that, I think I just really am annoyed by the two parents in this. I think they're just obnoxious characters. Oh, oh and yeah, Amanda in particular is a is a <sighs> fucking idiot. <laughs> they they give off really. If you've seen Better Call Saul, they give off Kettleman energy. In my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, They're just like, they just tricked this guy into being in a life-threatening situation because apparently they couldn't figure out any way to get that done through official means, which is unrealistic, I'd say, considering that they're Americans and, uh, you know, they if Ellie can fucking call the Coast Guard or the Navy. Can just call the Navy. Can't they call them to save their child? Although, in in the interest of complete fairness, frankly, I don't understand why any and all travel in in or around Isla Sorna is not completely banned. Even though they have... Because there's an open... In the the opening where they go parasailing, um, Uh they do show the little restricted banner, 
But, right. but uh, that's apparently not stopping them from running a like legit business with advert with like yeah. elaborate branding to go parasailing near the fucking near the fucking off the coast of the fucking dinosaur island. <laughs> okay, so let's get to like some stuff that's uh, positive-ish. Um, okay, I'm trying to think. What what do I like about this movie? Um, some of the actions decent, I'd say. I like the dinosaurs. I think the dinosaurs are cool, but the problem is that all the character stuff is just really bad. Like the Paul and Eric, Paul and um, Amanda Kirby are terrible. Eric Kirby's boring. Billy is boring. Uh, Alan Grant is unbelievable. Uh, and the whole thing kind of just feels like we're mulching over the same stuff from the previous films, and it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Uh, the, the whole thing with the really smart velociraptors is interesting, and if they did more with that concept, other than just making it be their out so they don't have to explain why they escape at the end of the movie because they couldn't figure out how to write a conclusive ending, um, I feel like that could have been interesting, but that's not what we got, so the movie's below average, it's not very good at all. Uh, honestly, it's my least favorite of all the Jurassic Park films I've seen so far, I, I honestly, I understand why this movie killed the franchise for a while, because it's just really disappointing. Uh, well, let's get to the, the one scene that everybody remembers when uh, Alan Grant has a nightmare about oh, a Velociraptor talking to him. <laughs> I just want to, okay, can I, can I talk about Why? This? Okay, so there's a scene. Why is that there? There's a scene in this movie where, Al, where Alan Grant falls asleep on the plane, and then he sees just the Velociraptor head. And it just says, Alan. <laughs> in that exact tone. And I just want to really talk to the director, Joe Johnston. And just, I want to genuinely ask him, after I ask him about his good movies, I want to ask mm -hmm. him about why he put that scene in the movie and why it was uh. directed in that way. Because it comes out of fucking nowhere. And Alan. it's never referenced again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean joe johnson of course oh, we should get into him he directed uh jumanji and several other movies yeah he directed uh, uh, jumanji uh, he directed the rocketeer and the first yeah. captain america um he's a generally good director but this was it, this feels like a work for hire thing it honestly it's a work for hire although i will say um and i guess we can get into so i don't i, I look let me be clear do not mm -hmm. i'm 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 not crazy I acknowledge that this movie is not good, and I agree with a, with almost all of the criticisms you just laid out. Yeah. But <laughs> I actually like this more than Lost World because I find it funny. Like, I find it to be kind of stupid fun, and, like, I think part of the reason is that Joe Johnston, and you can see that from, like... He's very good at like, uh, like pulpy, uh, energy. Like you, you, what, know, you what, see that. In what, what part of this was funny? In the rocket, I don't remember a lot of funny parts. You see that in well, 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 for starters, the Alan. Alan. Oh, I think that's unintentional humor. <laughs> I am not. I I never said it was intentional. Um, I never said a, a majority of it was intentional. But um, uh, I, what I do like about this movie is that while a lot of it isn't great. I do think that Joe Johnston brings the pulpy energy that he brought to the Rocketeer and later to Captain America in this movie. You know, there is a sort of 
fun atmosphere to romping on the island that I do enjoy, even if the acting and the character writing is largely bad. Um, like, I, I will agree, I think Alan Grant being divorced, you know, it makes no sense, it undercuts his original arc, etc. Um, also, there's a lot of unintentional metaphor um, going on, particularly in Alan Grant's introductory scenes, because very famously, Sam Neill did not want to make any more Jurassic Park movies <laughs> after the first one. He was adamantly yeah. against it, and even after this movie, like, he, he, he hated having to talk about it at conventions. So, like, the scene where he's, he's at the science lecture, and he's like, you know, uh, do, does anyone have any questions? Everybody raises their hand. Any questions not about Jurassic Park? <laughs> like, and it's like, are you trying to tell us something? Say, like, no force on earth or heaven could get me on that island. <laughs> well, except for money. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Uh, I do like the raptor whistle that the not Shia LaBeouf makes out of the raptor larynx. That's kind of mm. cool. Um... Okay, uh, <laughs> I wrote... <laughs> that, by the way, the, the not the not Shia LaBeouf is Alessandro Nivola, by the Alessandro way. Alessandro Nivola, okay. I didn't even, I didn't think about it at the, when I was watching it, but yeah, he does look a lot like Shia LaBeouf. I think yeah. the actual Shia LaBeouf was, was too young at the time to look like that, because he was still doing Even Stevens, I think, at this point. Or there's many and um, Amanda is Tia Leone, and Paul Kirby is William H. Macy. Oh, yeah. Eric Kirby is played by Trevor Morgan, and uh, Udeski is played by Michael Jeter. And John Deal is Cooper, Bruce A. Young is Nash, and Laura Dern returns as Ellie <laughs> very briefly. Yes, uh, Laura, Laura Dern does come back for a brief <laughs> cameo, and then summoning the Navy. Which is another weird thing, is that... This movie, not the Navy. <laughs> not the Navy. Well, one, the fact that Laura, that Ellie Sattler has the Navy on speed dial somehow and for some reason. Yeah. Um, but also, every other Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic Park slash world movie, both before and after this, treats the military as like a negative, like the, right. the ultimate example of everything wrong with excess capitalism. So it's very yeah. strange for this franchise to then be the third entry of, yay, the Navy came to the rescue. Everyone <laughs> loves the Navy. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's it's very strange. Um, all right, let's see. Um, I, I just want to point I know we've talked about the Alan seat a lot, but I just want to point out that I wrote in my notes when it happened, uh, Alan, LOL, what the absolute fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Johnson said of the script to this film, it was not badly written, but felt viewers would not want to see it, and saying that read like a bad episode of Friends. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I would use that specific criticism. Like The, the director did. I know, but like, huh. O okay. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so I feel like as, as, the, as the resident dino head, as the resident, mm -hmm. as the resident, I love monster action person of this podcast. I feel like I need to talk about the Spinosaurus. And well, the hold up, hold up. I I also love kaiju action. I'm a big kaiju fan. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like I need to talk about the Spinosaurus and the T-Rex. The Spinosaurus kills the T-Rex, and I understand why everyone hates that. I kind of hate it too, and there's a reason they retconned it in Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> like, they hated it so much, they were like, you know what, fuck it. That didn't happen. Doesn't count. T-Rex is back. Um, uh, <laughs> because, you know, it's the motherfucking T-Rex. You can't kill off the motherfucking T-Rex. And I understand that in the real world, there were 
multiple, you know, dinosaur predators that were stronger or held more territory or were just physically bigger than the T-Rex. I understand that in the real world, when dinosaurs existed, the T-Rex was not necessarily the ultimate alpha all the time. Mm -hmm. But from a cultural standpoint, you're never going to get a dinosaur cooler than the T-Rex. So, so when you, you like the T-Rex. Well, I mean, yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't love the T-Rex? Well, there, there's a T-Rex in the last one. Well, yeah, and that was the best part of that movie. Um. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing with me, is yeah. I feel like Spielberg's absence is really felt in this movie. There isn't any that of that is... charm that was in the first two films, I'd say. I, this I... movie feels a lot more like a corporate pandery type I mean, product. to be honest, like, I, here's the thing, this movie is very stupid, but I was never bored. Like, I feel like Lost World. Oh, I was very bored. Uh, Lost World was boring. Well, Lost World was boring to me. This, especially because it's short. It's the shortest of all of the movies. It's, like, barely over It felt longer than minutes. Lost World to me. <laughs> I, Honestly, I, that's the thing, is that engagement really has a lot of effect on your perception of the, of the ongoing of time so like you know when you watch avengers endgame you say oh that didn't feel that long but if say if you watch like a really bad 90 minute movie it could feel like it's four hours long right i mean so yes. i mean yes in a, in a purely time centered way yes jurassic park 3 is shorter than jurassic park 2 but i enjoyed 2 more and i also um and because of that i felt like I enjoy that experience more. Where with Jurassic Park three, I was waiting for it to end. Basically, I guess that's fair. But I, I, I had the opposite issue in that I felt like I was waiting for Lost World to just get to the fucking San Diego scene already. There's too many boring military encampments here. But uh, we already talked we, about yeah, we already that. talked about Lost World. Um. Anyways, okay, okay. I, I just want to point out that so, so the kid Eric, right? He's hiding out in this little cave thing, and it is a plot point mm -hmm. in this movie. That this 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 child keeps uh, the dinosaur predators away with with T Rex urine. Right. I just I just felt like that should be known that that is it's an a actual Granny's Peach Tea moment. <laughs> it's a Granny's you know? Peach Tea. I was gonna say better. Oh, I have to I have to point out another thing. Um, so I'm going to recycle a criticism made by Chris Stuckman in his review of Jurassic Park Three. But there is a scene where they find a video camera. And they see the video camera's battery has died. And you yeah. you know, like, those sort of HD video cameras, they use SD card batteries, like, right. You know, they use those sort of uh, detachable batteries. Right. And yeah. then he takes out a flashlight, which has those gigantic fucking batteries, and somehow <laughs> he cut away, and somehow it works. Okay, the only way that would make sense is if this guy happened to have, like, fucking, um, like... You know, you know those charges that you have to, like, jumpstart cars? If you had jumper cables and you put those onto the end of the battery and then put that onto the battery end of the detachable battery. I don't think he had those, though. It's just a really shitty plot point that makes no sense at all that he was able to charge up a HD camcorder on flashlight Duracell batteries. Yep, that, that certainly does happen. It, it is pretty uh, dumb. Yeah. And besides that, I have nothing else to really say, because this movie's just below average. Okay, there are multiple scenes in this movie of dinosaurs seemingly mugging to the camera. Like, because mm -hmm. there's a scene where the pterodactyl looks directly into the camera, and I'm like, is is, is this on purpose? Is he trying to, like, yeah. address the... What? What is this? Yeah. 
And can you we, tell this movie was put was uh, started filming without a finished script? There's a recurring gag with the ringtone because the <laughs> dinosaur swallowed the phone. How did that phone not die or get dissolved by dinosaur stomach acid? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'd like to point out that somebody, uh, this was somebody that worked on the film, and they said, Who launched a hundred million dollar ship without a rudder, and who's getting fired for this? But that's the way it goes. That's the way they make these movies. <laughs> Big deal. I think someone should be shot, but I'm not in charge. <laughs> oh my fucking god. <laughs> um, okay, the, the final Spinosaurus attack, right? Okay, I forget, I, I think it's Paul. Whips out, like, a handgun at one point, and I'm like, yeah, because conventional bullets from this from this tiny ass handgun will definitely work against a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, sure. What did you think of Billy? He exists. He's fine, I guess. <laughs> what did you think of Eric? I mean, I like him more than the kids. In, I like him more than uh, the older brother in Jurassic World. Um, <laughs> and I, I like him more. I, I think I mostly like him more than Kelly from the last movie. Um, I like the final shot of the pterodactyls flying over the ocean. And then they definitely learned that going back to the island was a terrible idea. And then they never did it again. Definitely. There's definitely not another trilogy of movies after this. Um, yep. So overall, I think Jurassic Park 3 is like... It's a kind of a so bad it's fun movie for me. It's not good, and there's a lot of dumb shit in it, and I can certainly understand why someone would hate it and why it killed the franchise. But I don't know. I, I watch it, um, and you know, I, I was I was actually in that camp until like this viewing. But something about it this time around, I don't know. It 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 did just ever so slightly win me over. I'm like, it's still a bad movie, but I don't know. I can have fun with it. There's some there's some dumb fun shit in this movie that I enjoy, even though overall it is not good and like a five out of ten. Like Jurassic Jurassic Park three was the moment during the Jurassic Athon when I said, Oh god, please stop making more of these. <laughs> Why? Why are you making more of these? And of course we all know the answer. It's the same reason why they keep reopening the park. It's for money. You know? <laughs> Which will become the metatextual commentary of the next film we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's like, if you don't want to make a Jurassic Park 3 creatively, you don't have to. <laughs> but, of course, the, the suits at, at Paramount, they're like, oh, you have to, though. No, or no, Universal. 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 Yeah. yeah. The suits at Universal are like, oh, you have to make a Jurassic Park 3, well, no, no, even we though can... nobody wants to make it. Hey, listen, listen, Mr. Mr. Joe Johnston. Look, I know nobody wants a Jurassic Park 3, but if we make a third one, then we can then we can put on a box set at all three of them and call it a trilogy. Everybody loves trilogies. We gotta make a trilogy box set, so we need to make a third movie. We gotta do it. We gotta do it, Joe Johnston. Alessandro Nivola, who we refer to as not Shia LaBeouf, criticized the film. It was like the only part I've ever done that just had nothing for me to latch on to character-wise. It was wow. kind of maddening. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think that says it all right there. I it give it a really 4 out of 10. It's not a very good movie. Is there... Um, I, I, I'm so... If, if, I see yeah. you've been looking into behind-the-scenes info. Is there anything about the reasoning behind Alan... <laughs> No, but the movie did go through multiple, multiple different rewrites. I see. <laughs> like, lots of rewrites. Okay, then. Other potential titles included Jurassic Park Breakout and The Extinction, colon, Jurassic Park 3. That's the other thing. This movie has a really, really generic title. 
Like it's the just, second film was called The Lost, Lost World, World Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. And this one's just called Jurassic Park 3. It's like you've really given up at this yeah. point. And even you can Jurassic tell by the title. Even Jurassic World, you know, they 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 got creative with the titles, you know. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And now we're going to talk about Jurassic World, which came out in 2015, and it's directed by Colin Trevorrow with the screenplay by Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, Derek Connolly, and Colin Trevorrow. This one stars Chris Pratt and other people. Uh, Bryce, Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard, Howard, Vincent D'Onofrio, Ty Simpkins, Nick Robinson from uh, Love, Simon. Yeah, uh, Ty Omar Simpkins, C. also known as the kid from Iron Man 3. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, B.D. Wong and Irfan Khan. Yeah. All right, now let's get into the plot. Yes. Brothers Zach and Gray Mitchell visit Jurassic Park, a dinosaur-themed park on Isla Nublar, of which their aunt Claire Deering is the operations manager. Claire assigns her assistant Zara as the boy's guide, but they evade her and explore on their own. Meanwhile, Claire is, like, really, really obsessed with business and neglecting her family. <laughs> Elsewhere on the island, Navy veteran and ethologist Owen Grady has been training a quarter of velociraptors composed of Blue, Delta, Echo, and Charlie, and researching their intelligence. Owen Grady, of course, is the character played by Mr. Christopher Pratticus. <laughs> Christopher Pratticus. Uh, yes, uh, based Chris on Agon. the raptors... Chris Agar Pratticus. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's favorite person. Based on the raptor's ability to follow commands, head of InGen security Vic Hoskins believes that the animals can be weaponized, an idea Owen and his assistant Bear, Barry vehemently oppose. Yeah, this guy comes yeah. out and he's like, hey, we should turn these into weapons. And it's like, I don't know if turning dinosaurs li- into like weapons this, is I a like good idea. I like the same year that this came out, like just a few months before Vincent, that was when the first season of Daredevil came out, with Vincent D'Onofrio yes. as Kingpin. And then a few yeah. months later, he comes in here like, hey, guys, we should weaponize the dinosaurs. I think we should put them in the army. <laughs> Anyways, prior, in the to army. Its, <laughs> prior to its opening, Claire and park manager owner Simon Masrani inspect the park's newest attraction, the Indominus Rex, a transgenic dinosaur created by geneticist Dr. Henry Wu from the first film. Uh, Masrani tasks Owen with evaluating the enclosure security. Uh, the whole reason why they want to create the Indominus Rex is because they have a declining attendance and that dinosaurs are no longer exciting. And they need to create new dinosaurs for people to be more excited. And uh, Owen warns Claire that the Indominus lacks social skills, making it dangerous and unpredictable. I don't know why the Wikipedia article worded it like that, but okay. It makes it sound like it's a real nerd. When the Indominus <laughs> has apparently escaped, Owen and the two park workers enter the enclosure. The Indominus which can camouflage itself and mask its heat signature, suddenly appears. Owen survives, but it devours the other two men before escaping into the island's interior. Meanwhile, Zack and Gray Mitchell are out having fun, looking at all the dinosaurs, and then one of them turns to the other and is like, hey, our parents are getting divorced. <laughs> and then the other one's like, nuh-uh. And then the younger one's like, yeah-huh, I heard them talking on the phone. And he's like, nuh-uh. He's like, to lawyers. And he's like... Yeah, but like, you could be talking to lawyers about anything. Like different lawyers. He's like, it's it's gonna be fine. He's like, divorce lawyers. <laughs> and then, and then the older kids just like, oh. And then um, he's like, I need to make this a fun trip for my younger brother because he's horribly depressed about the collapse of our nuclear family. <laughs> yeah. Jurassic Park theme. Yeah. <laughs> Owen survives. 
but he devours the others. Realizing that it is a highly vicious and intelligent animal, Owen advises Masrani to have the Indominus destroyed. But to protect its company's investment, Masrani dispatches a specialized unit to subdue it with non-lethal weaponry so it can safely be returned to its paddock. They don't... Uh, evacuate the entire world because they have 20,000 visitors there and that would cut down on their bottom line. Social commentary. Yes. After most of the unit is slaughtered, Claire orders the evacuation of the island's northern sector while Masrani ponders Owen's warning and confronts Wu. While exploring the park in a tour vehicle, Zack and Gray enter a restricted area. The Indominus arrives and destroys the vehicle, but the boys narrowly escape. They find the ruins of the original Jurassic Park Visitor Center, repair an old Jeep Wrangler, and drive back to the park resort. Uh, as Claire and Owen search for the boys, they barely escape the Indominus as well. Uh, Claire, at this point, has also been guilted by their mother, the two boys' mother, to take care of them. Because, you know, Claire, she was like, Claire, why are you with the fucking children? I'm gonna cry. And she's like, alright, fine. <laughs> yeah, because the mom them. has just a random emotional breakdown in the middle of the movie. And then proceeds to never appear again until the end of the movie. <laughs> yep. Yep. Masrani and two troopers hunt down the Indominus by helicopter, but it breaks into the park's aviary. The aviary's pterosaurs crash Masrani's helicopter, killing its passengers before converging onto the resort, and attacking everyone, including Zara, who is then devoured by a Mosasaurus. Gray and Zack find Owen and Claire at the resort, as armed personnel shoot down the pterosaurs. Assuming command, Hoskins orders the raptors to be used to track down the Indominus, while Owen reluctantly complies and spearheads the assault with the raptors. Upon finding the Indominus, the dinosaurs begin communicating amongst themselves. Owen realizes that the Indominus is the Velociraptor DNA, and it takes away Owen's command of the raptors, becoming the pack's new alpha, even though alpha males aren't a real thing and were made up by uh, a guy who later discounted the alpha male theory about wolves. Fake, fake wolf science. <laughs> fake wolf science. Troops fire on the Indominus, but it escapes. The raptors kill most of the troops, while Charlie is killed in the chaos. Hoskin evacuates Wu and the dinosaur's embryos from the island to protect Wu's research. Owen and Claire and the boys find Hoskin at the lab, securing more embryos, but Delta breaks in and kills him. Uh... Owen reestablishes his bond with the three surviving raptors before the Indominus reappears. They attack the hybrid, but Delta Echo are killed by while Blue is knocked unconscious. Claire realizes the Jurassic Park's veteran Tyrannosaurus Rex from its paddock and lures it into a battle with the Indominus. The Indominus quickly gains the advantage of the Tyrannosaurus until Blue recovers and joins the battle. The raptors then join the battle with the Tyrannosaurus against the Indominus Rex. The duo overpower the Indominus until it gets cornered at the lagoon's edge, where it is drowned underwater by the Mosasaurus. The survivors are evacuated, and the island is abandoned once again. Zack and Gray are reunited with their parents, while Owen and Claire decide to stay together. Zack and Gray's parents' divorce are never mentioned again. And they never appear in any of the subsequent films. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Jurassic World is, like, it's very interesting because it has this kind of metatextual element going through it, which I don't really like, where basically the whole movie is like, hey, we're in this Jurassic world, and it's like a corporate theme park, and we're all about the bottom line, and we aren't excited by dinosaurs anymore, we need to create new dinosaurs, and it's a criticism, obviously, of the production cycle of Jurassic Park sequels. We can't just keep doing the same thing, we have to introduce new dinosaurs, just like the movies have been doing. Um, but, in general, it doesn't really amount to much, like, the metatextual element. Like, I guess you could say, 
in a sense, that the, the Tyrannosaurus killing the Indominus Rex uh, reasserts the original legacy of Jurassic Park. But honestly, I don't really buy that. Uh, it more just feels like the movie wanted to be self-aware with its audience about the fact that they were doing something that was like, you know, a, a, a sequel that didn't need to be made but they didn't actually wave it into any themes. Like, the theme is there, but it doesn't amount to anything in the conclusion of the film, right? Mm. Um, and the problem with that for me is then you just have a movie that hates itself. <laughs> and, you know, I would much prefer this movie if it, like, you know, just went full balls to the wall, made uh, the ant a horrible person, made the uh, all the park people just assholes. If you want to have a movie where the big climax is watching all the dinosaurs destroy the, the world park, that would be the optimal strategy to do it. You can't do it both ways and have, one, rampant fun destruction, and two, uh, the people in the park you're supposed to care about because they're civilians. That's tonal dissonance, and I don't think the movie really survives that. Uh, besides that, I think the um, the characters are... I don't know. They're they're fine, most of them. Like Zack and Gray are okay. Um, the older brother is a bit of a dick. Yeah, fuck Zack. But, <laughs> but he's a, he's a teenage boy, so I kind of get it. Um, and he does actually stick out for his younger brother when he tries to give him a good time in the park. He tries to cheer him up. So I do actually like Zack. He's just but he's just so nonplussed by all the dinosaur stuff that like. I don't know, wasn't the whole point of the Jurassic Park films that we're supposed to have, like, this amazing, wondrous experience seeing these prehistoric beasts roam around the Exa world in a yeah. realistic setting? Exa and, exactly, yeah. you're right, and the, and, and the, and the, meta and the, and the, and the, and the, the film is actually making a point about how our, 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 our modern society is ungrateful for the gifts of nature, and, they just want to yes. see uh, the the artifice sure. rather than the majesty mm -hmm. that comes from our real world. It's why when it's why when they have the huge mosasaur show, nobody's actually looking at the cool dinosaur. Everyone's looking at their fucking phones. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I I do get that, but also I don't know. It feels kind of counter to the intended point of Jurassic Park movies. If you get what I'm saying. Like, I think the fact that they have this element running through it that's like, no one cares about dinosaurs, you know, these people are stupid, they, dinosaurs aren't important or new anymore, kind of undercuts the majesty of seeing dinosaurs. I mean, I think part of the point is that, again, the people who think that in the movie are wrong? Like... Mm. Because, like, the, the lesson at the end of the movie is, no, dinosaurs are not only majestic, they're also not to be fucked with. <laughs> so, stop! <laughs> I mean, I get that, but also, uh, there's, like, two more of these. Is that... So they really don't learn their lesson, I do mean, they? I mean, they kind of do, sort of, the, the... we'll get to it. <laughs> Anyways, um, getting to the characters, uh, Chris Pratt plays chris pratt it's a chris pratt performance as chris pratt uh he invites you into his bungalow yes uh, he does 
the ant character is like an ex to Chris Pratt's character. Yeah, they like briefly dated like once. Like they went mm-hmm. on a date and it did not work out. And then suddenly in the middle of the movie, they decide to have a romance again that is once again that everyone criticized as being forced and rushed to the point where it was pretty much entirely dropped from the sequels <laughs> yeah and i don't know i think that chris pratt's character being like the hero it feels really weak to me and the reason why is because the way they introduce him as a hero is they have him basically as a foil to this cartoonishly evil military guy that's like we should use dinosaurs as weapons. I see no unintended consequences of this decision. I mean, at to all. be fair, all the other villains in the previous Jurassic Park movies were also idiots in that exact manner. <laughs> yes, but we got to know those characters before they were pointing out how much of an idiot those other people were. Uh, I mean, I do like that Chris Pratt has like he has like this sort of mental connection with the velociraptors and he trains them with the clicks i think that's kind of an interesting yeah, concept he's a, he's a raptor um, dad he's, he's, raptor he's a raptor daddy. dad yeah <laughs> uh but overall i don't know i mean i feel like if he was really into these raptors he wouldn't be into training them he would be more on the hey we should free all the dinosaurs and let them have this island advocacy well he gets right he, he gets more into that in the in the next one um okay i'm just saying as it is right now he's not a very active hero he mostly just reacts to things around him um bd wong replies his role as dr henry Wu. why i mean i i I, it's cool to see him back it kind of feels like bd bd wong feels like it it feels like they, they they felt like they should have at least one original jurassic park cast member back and they were like okay who's available who can we aff- who can we afford we've already we've already given too much money to chris pratt to get 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 the big guns back uh who's left uh the richard Attenborough's dead um yeah uh, the, the B- bd wong <laughs> is he available how about you bd wong <laughs> we won't get the big guns until the third film <laughs> yeah we can't afford the big guns yet but but uh, bd wong how about you <laughs> Yeah, but Claire is really unlikable. I don't I don't really like Claire at all. Uh, Chris Pratt's decent. He's a decent character, I'd say. Um, as it concerns the kids, I think the kids are fine, but they don't really do much in the narrative of the story, and they have their whole, like, divorce subplot it goes has nowhere. no resolution, you know? I mean, it's sort so of implied like, that the dinosaur trauma made the parents decide not to get divorced. But, you know, that doesn't really mean... Which is exactly like the end of Jurassic Park. But, yeah, is... But also, it doesn't really... Do you see see my point about all of these movies (laughs) having the same theme? Well, I mean... I mean, there isn't really divorce that I can think of in Fallen Kingdom. So they they, they decided to... All right, I'll I'll have to keep a keen eye out when we watch Fallen Kingdom. (laughs) I mean, there's themes of family, but not in in the specific divorce angle. Yeah, so this movie just, I mean, its its action's really good. It's decently directed. Um, I don't know. There's a couple things I would have changed. Like, I don't think, I, I'm not exactly sure how we're supposed to feel when uh, all the dinosaurs are let loose. Like, if you made it, like, a fun Gremlins thing, I think that would be really fun. You could have, like, a montage scene. But this movie doesn't really do that. Instead, it's, like, it takes itself a little too seriously to have that much fun with killing random tourists. Which I think is to its detriment. Um, you know, if we're, if we're at the point where we're supposed to basically root for the dinosaurs, 
then go all the way with that. Don't don't half step it. And that's kind of how I feel about this movie. It feels kind of like a half step. It feels kind of like you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do this, but like you know, we're also gonna keep the characters and stuff and have kind of care about them, but not really. You're here for the dinosaurs, but like not for them to kill people, just for them to be there, you know. Um, but the action's decent. Uh, I like the ending, so I think I give this like a five out of ten. It's kind of a wash for me. Uh, uh, Chris, what did you think of this movie? Okay, so I actually really like Jurassic World. Um, I, it's not a perfect movie, but I do want to get no. into more of the metatextual angle. By the way, it made $1.6 billion, so what do I know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, up until until Force Awakens came out, it was the highest grossing film of that year. Um, wow. By a mile. <laughs> um, uh, so... I want to talk about the metatextual angle you mentioned, and I actually think it's one of the stronger elements of the film, because basically, mm. and, it, and it makes Jurassic World kind of a fascinating cultural artifact, in that it is, in some ways, a progenitor of the so-called sequel. in that movies that are more or less function as new starting points to franchises but aren't mm -hmm. full reboots and like everything that happened in the previous movies still happened. But so, and you know, this, you know, the, it, as we know, it predates force awakens even by about six months. So it was one of the first movies to really do this kind of thing. And what's interesting in that regard yeah. is that metatextually the movie argues against the concept of, legacy sequels in the sense that all of the new iconography and new stuff is not mm -hmm. framed as like cool or fun or admirable it is framed as corrupt corporatocracy and corporatization and like this is everything wrong with the world and this is like a corruption of Hammond's vision like this is everything we don't want which is interesting you think that's sort of like a metatextual critique of a jurassic park 3 <laughs> <laughs> you could argue that yes because like because uh -huh. like, like the first time we hear the jurassic park uh theme like the first time the jurassic park theme kicks in obviously remember in the first film it was the majestic shot of seeing the dinosaurs for the first time and holy fucking shit it's a dinosaur what the yep. fuck and this one it's holy fucking shit the, the land development is okay sure hotels yeah yeah i did notice that in the film they, and, and, they just come straight out of the gate with the music and i'm like is this this feels out of place like when so i when i, I when i first saw the movie know? i was like this is when, even when i first saw the movie i was like this is weird but looking at this no i think the dissonance is intentional like this is okay. supposed to feel kind of wrong like, you're supposed okay. to recognize that this isn't the kind of situation where this music should be playing. And I don't... Colin Trevorrow directed Book of Henry, so I think he has some experience with making things feel wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not off base there. Um, uh, all right. And then, you know, there's the, the whole thing of, like, Jurassic Park uh, references are considered in bad taste, but the only thing right. that actually helps them win is a return to that iconography. They fix the original Jeep, obviously the original T-Rex comes back, and I'll get to that in a moment. 
And there's, you know, all this talk of like, you know, the corporatization and like, we're getting, you know, they, they've stopped caring about the majesty of the dinosaurs and everything is artifice and like, you know, hotels and restaurants and tacky rides and tacky stage shows. And we're, well, we're letting... there's one character in the film that basically only exists to point out these contradictions. Exactly. The one, it's the guy uh, in the Jurassic, guy. Jurassic Park t-shirt. T- who yeah. laments yeah, that guy. of why don't we just let the corporation start naming the dinosaurs? I will say Tostito Don. I feel like there's something you can do <laughs> with that there. Tostito Don is good. Um, um, and, you know, there's... And, yeah, I'm, I'm on that guy's side. I'm yeah, like, I'm yeah, on that guy's side. Obviously. And there's a whole scene where, you know, when the, t- t- the pterodons and the pterodactyls attack... I mean, I will say, hashtag justice for Zara. Like, Zara did not deserve to mm-hmm. die in that scene, quite frankly. Um, but, you know, like... The whole scene is meant I to represent... I don't remember who Zara is. The, the assistant. Um, the assistant oh. who's watching the kids. She she did nothing yeah, wrong. Yeah, I, t- I don't really remember that. <laughs> She's not a very memorable character to me, obviously. Because um, that, that whole scene, in, in addition to being a, a fairly fun action sequence, I feel, is a metaphor for the... For the 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 company's hubris and this is the punishment for thinking you could control these these creatures and like i feel like this is almost perfectly illustrated by the fact that there's just a fucking margaritaville in the middle of the of the park and jimmy buffett is there and it's like oh my god it's like hey maybe don't try to build a fucking margaritaville where dinosaurs (laughs) live well, I know some other parts that were interesting, like um, the uh, the tour exhibit for the the uh, herbivores is called Gentle Giants. Yes. And I'm thinking, man, that that's a bit of a that's a bit of false advertising. <laughs> Little. <laughs> Those bit. things will still kill you. Yeah. If, if you annoy them too much. That's true. Um, and and you know, overall, I think that's as I said. I think overall, this is a very fascinating angle. I will say. It doesn't 100% work because, one, there's some, because of the real-life ties to the ironic product placement, because as we mentioned, even though the Margaritaville is meant in the text as a symbol of hubris, the reason it's there is because Universal made a deal with the actual Margaritaville restaurant to serve, and I quote here, Mesozoic margaritas and other various dinosaur-themed food items to promote the film. Do you think the people making this movie just constantly were just like wanted to make fun of the producer's notes, so they just put it into the movie? Honestly, yes. Um, <laughs> and you know, and some of the, and it's also a slightly undercut by some unironic product placement, like Chris Pratt, despite his chiseled abs, sure loves chugging down a Coca-Cola. Definitely, that's or, definitely uh, the a thing kid, that Chris Pratt does the in kid, real life. Nick Robinson has Beats by Dre headphones. He has Beats by Dre, um, yeah. and the uh, the very prominent Subaru logo when when Claire's driving the car. I think it's Subaru, yep. right? I think it's Subaru. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, also, uh, oh, another symbol of hubris, uh, Jimmy Fallon is in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Fallon shows up in the gyrosphere, which I think is meant to be a metaphor for, again, how far they've fallen. If you put Jimmy I Fallon mean... in a movie, you have him die. Am I not the? Am I the only one that that has the decency to say the truth? <laughs> I mean, in fairness, he does kind of die in the sense that they destroy his gyrosphere, destroy his video. So 
that does kind of happen but like my, my point being is that it's kind of meant to be a, like look how far they've fallen in the sense that they care more about celebrity endorsement and getting someone famous can, like jimmy fallon okay. instead of highlighting i can kind of see scientists. your i can kind of see your hypothesis i i can kind of see your idea that this is like a stealth corporate satire in the guise of a corporate product but honestly i find that to be more likely in the case of scooby-doo 2002 (laughs) (laughs) because at least with this movie like in my opinion there's only so far this movie could ever criticize things like corporations because you know at the end of the day it needs to sell subarus and it needs to sell margaritas and stuff like that (laughs) you know uh yeah i mean if it doesn't put sugar ray in there for no reason like scooby-doo 2002 (laughs) i mean yeah because that one makes here's the thing that's an early 2000s reference if this is 2015 they would put in i don't know what's what's the 2015 equivalent of sugar ray (laughs) it's just like billy eilish shows up for no reason billy eilish yeah is that billy eilish yes oh my and then she just walks away oh my god what if billy eilish is in the third movie Well, I will have to eat my words. But I guess it, I can say if I can claim that Scooby-Doo 2002 is a stealth corporate satire, then I, I suppose you can also. Yeah. Um, I just I just don't necessarily think it works as I a I mean, yeah, again, I will agree that there are definitely things in the movie that undercut that. But I think overall, it's still a very interesting angle and makes the film uh, more enjoyable to watch for me. Cause it's just uh, fascinating. But we both agree. To examine. We both agree that the dinosaur action is pretty cool. The dinosaur right? action is pretty cool. So, uh, uh, so let's, so outside of that, uh, metatextual analysis, uh, to talk about some of my other thoughts on this movie. Um, why does, uh, the younger brother have a viewfinder in 2015? That. Oh, because, um, because the viewfinder, it's like a, it's like an, it has pictures of dinosaurs. Well, I mean, yeah, but like, he could just look those up on the internet. That's true. He doesn't need a. That is pretty he weird. He doesn't need a viewfinder. Um, it, it it's it's very weird. Uh, I very much enjoy Bryce Dallas Howard's haircut. Um, she she pulls that off very very good, very well, very good. Uh, just pr- props to Bryce Dallas Howard and her haircut in the, in this movie. Um, so, uh, oh, props to hairstyling. Oh, spe- oh, speaking of speaking of metatextual commentary. Even though they never actually go this far in the movie, I really don't think it's a coincidence that the de facto, uh, you know, hyphenation or uh, the de facto abbreviation of the new, like, genetic every genetic corporations gone mad hybrid dinosaur is the IREX. Like, I don't get it. I don't get what you're saying. IREX, like, I. Irex, like, think what what other things what what corporate products start with the, it, it's it's a joke at the expense of Apple. That's what I'm saying. You think so? I th- I didn't see that. I mean, I, I mean, Indominus Rex, Irex. I I made the connection. I don't know. If it, I didn't. I don't know if it was intended. I I don't know. That feels like too perfect that, that it feels like too spot on to be a coincidence um even though they never say it in the movie um uh mr dna shows up briefly uh that was fun uh-huh. um okay uh let's see what else happens uh okay other okay please what... tell me how much you love the characters of zach and gray Mitchell. i mean look zach's zach's a little shit 
I kind of I kind of wish that he'd gotten eaten, quite frankly. Um, and Gray's Gray's fine. I like Gray well enough. He's he's a good kid. I like how he calls out Zach on his shit when he's just staring at the mm-hmm. girls and he's like, "What what do you think's gonna happen if you just just stare at them like that?" <laughs> so I think Gray like, knows what's up. Um, what are their arcs in this movie? I mean. Um, look, I, I think, I think the silence here is <laughs> not a movie I come to for deep, complex character arcs, <laughs> but that's what was in the first film. I mean, that's true. Deep, complex character arcs. And that's why that film's the best yes. one and has not been topped by that, any of the That's sequels. true. But I think what makes Jurassic World work for me a lot better than the other sequels is that they finally realized that they shouldn't bother trying to top Jurassic Park. And more or less just made a dumb, fun B-movie. And I like that. And I feel like it largely succeeds on that angle. Um, mm. uh, I like Chris Pratt as Raptor Daddy. Uh, he, even if he is mostly just playing Chris Pratt, I think he's fun. Um, do you hear yourself when you talk? Yeah, that's... Uh, there's a baby Triceratops. Good. Um, yes. Let's... Not as good as the baby in Lost World, but pretty good. I don't know. I, I think I like the baby. I, I, I think I like the baby Triceratops a little better. Uh, I don't know. Are you baby shaming right look, now? Look, you can ri- look. Little kids can ride a baby Triceratops, and they do in this movie. That felt unethical to me. <laughs> I didn't like that. Give dinosaurs rights. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, give dinos rights. Dino rights. Because like those dinos did not evolve to have kids ride on their backs. Are you kidding? I mean, okay. They don't like that. But like. If you could ride a dinosaur, you would, though. No. You... Not without the dinosaur's consent. <laughs> okay. I would say, hello, Mr. Dinosaur. May I ride How you? How do you know the dinosaur consents? <laughs> if it goes... Like a horse? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, I like the Mosasaurus Shamu. Um, that's... I can't believe Mosasaurus didn't even freeze people. Well, I mean, in a sense, that the Mosasaurus this did, gonna be hilarious did free. To, to edit. In a sense, the Mosasaurus did free the island when he let my when people he ate go. the Indominus at the end of the movie. Um, oh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh! Ah, oh, I Whoa, see you do went to Christian summer camp. Go. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Here's the yeah, thing: yeah. I only ever knew the Pharaoh, Pharaoh version of that song. So Same. when you first told me that it was a real song, I was like, "What?" <laughs> What yeah, it's Louie Louie. Yeah, it's Louie Louie. I'm like, wait, what? You mean it's not actually about the Pharaoh? This has been our Christian aside. Christian aside. Uh, okay, I feel like, okay. I, I feel like we need to have a brief moment to discuss one of the greatest lines in cinematic history when they're uh, going after the Indominus and one of the soldiers yells, It can camouflage! <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an okay line. I, I much prefer, uh, would, you, uh, would you like to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> that one is pretty good, too. Hashtag in my bungalow. Hashtag it can camouflage. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Uh, I like the gyrospheres. That's a pretty cool concept. It's just this big, like, ball that you just ride around mm-hmm. in the field in. That's pretty cool. It's not really indestructible, so that's also false advertising right there. I have another question. How did Jurassic World start? That is a very good question because, like, it's all because like the, it's, it's the, never actually addressed how any of this got started. Is that they just waited long enough, and eventually they just figured out 
how to do it and maintained it for five years. Because I guess it opened that in, seem in, realistic in 2010. Because um, apparently, okay, the, 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 the weird thing I wanted to mention, the other weird thing I wanted to mention is that apparently opening Jurassic World was Hammond's last dying wish. And I don't buy that. Because Hammond's entire yeah, arc are. in both 1 and 2 was learning that opening the dinosaur park was a bad idea. And that dinosaurs <laughs> need to live separated from humans. His last and line... I know John Hammond's a stubborn guy, and it took him two movies to figure this yeah, out, but still. His last line in the entire series is all about, like, the, the island needs to be preserved and isolated. So I don't yes. buy that, that at the end of it all, he'd be like, open the dinosaur park. Unless he was, like, a really senile old man... Who in that case should not be listened to because he wasn't thinking. Open the dinosaur hey, park. Guys. He spared no expense. Hey, guys, I think. Hey, guys. Any flat lines. This is terrible. This is terrible because Richard Attenborough died in real life. And we're just, I know. Like, hey, well, he was 90. It's fine. Hey, most most Ronnie, you should. Hey, most Ronnie, I know. I said I know. I've been spending all these decades saying we shouldn't open the dinosaur park. You should totally <laughs> open the dinosaur park, dude. You should open the dinosaur park. Spend no expense. Open the dinosaur. Oh, oh God! Oh God! Okay, there it goes. <laughs> and um, yeah, and they obviously spared some expense. Well, I mean, they had to spare. They yeah, because that's how. That's why they needed all the corporate sponsorships for. I I like how this movie has the ant be like, no, we can't let everyone evacuate the entire thing. Our bottom line. And then also it's like, hey, you're supposed to like the ant. Well, I feel like the ant has a redemption arc, though. Is that the point is that uh... you... She, she learns at the end of the movie that she was wrong. Like... Well, I th- I don't think you need a redemption arc to learn that endangering 20,000 people is wrong. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> and... When this when this movie first came out, I was in the camp of how could people possibly you know get bored with dinosaurs? This is unrealistic. You know, there's no way people would get bored with dinosaurs that fast. But you know, fast forward to now, when you know, we all decided to just completely forget that murder hornets were a thing, and murder yeah, hornets. I can. What are those? <laughs> I've never seen any murder hornets. I think I feel like the fact that the murder hornets. We're only in the news cycle for like a week, and then we all decided to forget they exist. Is, is proof that well, that's because they weren't actually that bad. It actually, you know what? Actually, it is realistic that people would get bored by that. That humanity would get bored by dinosaurs because we are stupid. We are a stupid. Yeah, you really stupid okay? Here's species. the thing: the best way to bore people with dinosaurs is to show them mediocre dinosaur movies. <laughs> I.e., Jurassic Park three and the, and the Lost World. <laughs> I, I would disagree on that, but okay. Well, most people but like, don't like yeah. The Lost World very much. Like, Yeah, well... Anyway, um, so okay. this... Uh, what do you think of this movie overall? All right, okay, hold on. Let's see. What else What, what else overall. do I want to say about this movie? Um, uh, there's, a, there's a pretty good scene where, like, we see the, the dinosaur corpses in the field, and Chris Pratt's character is like, he's, 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 she's killing for, he's killing for sport. And it's like, oh... Shit. Well, f- f- fuck. Um, it's, it's this dinosaur is not just having regular dinosaur morality; it's having cat morality. 
<gasps> um, and okay, I will say on the Indominus itself, I think it overall is a pretty cool dinosaur. You know, the white skin. It's it's part T Rex, part Raptor, which is treated as a twist in the movie for some reason, even though it's obvious that it's a T Rex and a Raptor combined. But I feel like if you're going to go the direction of we created a genetic hybrid of combining the coolest traits of dinosaurs. I feel like you should go like further with that and give it like, don't yeah. just combine two of them. Like give it like triceratops horns and pterodactyl wings and like stegosaurus, but like make it the most <laughs> ridiculous looking abomination ever. Like that's, that's what see, I that, that's, would do. That's kind of my like, problem with the movie overall is nothing in this film really surprised me at all. Hmm. Like, the, when when if you were to say they're gonna make a new Jurassic Park movie and it's gonna be set in like a theme park and it's gonna be like Jurassic World it's gonna be like Disney World I'd be like okay and then I would think of this movie like I may think that it might have like more obnoxious callbacks that's the only thing that's really surprising is that it's not as obnoxious as I thought it would be hmm. but overall nothing in this movie surprised me at all and I think that's just because it's being a very generic movie right. plot wise well i i had fun with it i like the i like the, the one scene where chris pratt is on a motorcycle being followed by the motorcycle the raptors the motorcycle raptor gang um that scene was in all the trailers that, yeah, that for like five was, years that scene was in every fucking trailer and i'm like i so i'm kind of desensitized because here's the thing i remember seeing the trailer and i'm like and seeing the discourse about, man, this is so stupid. The Raptors are supposed to be smart. They would never be domesticated like this. And I'm like, I do not care at all. <laughs> like, this is fucking cool, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, uh, would you have anything else to say about uh, Jurassic World? Okay. Uh, I am so indifferent to this movie. Right, so, uh, Hoskins <laughs> dies. Um, yes. Um, and then, okay, I really want to, I really want to talk about the ending. Okay, so this ending is so fucking cool, right? Okay, so, because, because the Indominus is there, and it's like, they're, they're surrounded, and the raptors, raptors, the, 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 one of the kids is like, we need more teeth. And then Claire's like, alright, I got an idea. Hey, you kid in the Jurassic Park t-shirt, I need you to open Paddock 9. It's like, are you crazy? Just do it, man! And he opens the door, and who walks out? But the motherfucking T-Rex! He's, she's back, baby! Ultimate girl boss is back. She didn't die in Jurassic Park 3. It's a retcon. It didn't happen anymore. Good. Wouldn't they have more than one T-Rex? I mean hypothetically yes but i choose to believe that this is the og t-rex and that jurassic park 3's death uh, wouldn't it be happen. dead by now um they have very prolonged life cycles uh genetic breed well i mean as they mentioned you know they tamper with the dna a lot even before creating the indominus so uh, that's also how they get around the fact that the jurassic park dinosaurs don't look like how actual dinosaurs look because you know because around this time was when feathered dinosaurs was becoming more of a prevalent thing in science, but the direct, but Colin Trevorrow didn't want to do that because the dinosaurs just kind of don't look as cool, to be honest. So they put in a plot point in the movie that the Jurassic Park scientists deliberately altered the genetics to look more like how people expect dinosaurs to look rather than how they would actually look, which is a nice workaround. I I, I, I like that. Although uh, they're, they're doing feathered dinosaurs in Dominion anyway, so <laughs> how, much, how much did that really pay off? Anyways, uh... 
All right, so then, so then the motherfucking T-Rex is chasing Claire, who's still in her heels for some reason, and I know this was a massive point of discourse, but I honestly don't really care. And also, they point out earlier in the movie that the heels are stupid, so I think it's actually, I think this is, I think this was on purpose. I think it was meant to see, see, she can be capable even while she's wearing the heels. It's girl boss um anyways yeah girl girl boss helping girl boss girl boss solidarity between claire and the and the motherfucking t-rex exactly um so then the t-rex and the indominus rex have this huge fight and they're just going at each other they're fighting each other and it looks like the indominus has the upper hand but then the raptors are like no we got you t-rex we were enemies in the first movie but now we're gonna team up and we're gonna take down the indominus and it's so cool that they lure it into the water and then the mosasaur comes in and just eats the fucking irex and just like and then the t-rex just looks at them and like what Peace. I'm out. It's a pretty cool and scene. Then everyone gets, and then everyone gets home safely, and then the island, the dinosaurs roam free, and the T-Rex gets up on the mountain and lets out the big roar, because she's the queen around here. Long live the motherfucking T-Rex! Yeah! I'm so pumped! <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I think this uh, movie... So, so you, you like this movie, Yeah, I think this movie's you? pretty good. It's like an 8 out of 10. It's not perfect. Some of the uh, meta commentary is undercut, and some of the characters are, you know, fairly generic. But you know, solid performances at least. Really good action. Uh, definitely an interesting cultural perspective. And you know, there's a, there's a scene at the end where the motherfucking T Rex teams up with the Raptors, and they beat up the the, the new dinosaur, and it's really cool. <laughs> like that, I remember that was that was huge when I when I saw this in the theater. Like when I saw this in the theater, and the T Rex came out for the first time, there were cheers. Like, people were going crazy. It was like, yeah! T-Rex! <laughs> and, like, I think it still holds up. It's a great fight. So, yeah. Um, it's pretty good. 8 out of 10. <laughs> best, best Jurassic Park uh, sequel. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I say this is my um, third favorite of the four we've seen so far. My list goes from least favorite to most favorite. It would go uh, Jurassic Park 3. Jurassic World, Lost World, which I, I actually have an affinity for, and then Jurassic Park. Um, overall, I think the movie is enjoyable. I just think that uh, it kind of lacks a lot of character development, a lot of um, character arcs. I think it could have been a lot better than it was, and because of that, I feel like it's kind of a wash, and I give it like a, a 5 out of 10 plus a like, just to say, hey, you know, it's, it's probably, it's not a bad time. I didn't have a bad time with this movie, but... It's overall not something I'm going to be thinking about all that much for the rest of my life. I mean, into, I mean, except for the fact that there's two sequels that you have to watch. <laughs> exactly, yes. Um, even then, I don't think I'm going to be thinking about this film as much when talking about those ones. Because there isn't a ton of character arcs that would be, like, completely ruined in another movie. <laughs> Unless, like... It starts out with Chris Pratt. He shoots a raptor in the head and says, "I hate animals." Well, that does... I hate animals just like I hate the gays. Well, that that doesn't happen. And for the record, I just want to say for the record, Chris Pratt never actually went to the homophobic church. As far as we are aware, he is okay with the gays. Did the homophobic church come to him? No. Okay. Uh, anyway, so yeah, what are we doing next week? Well, uh, Chris. Well, uh, Chris, uh, uh, Brian. Uh, next week. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Brian. But yes. But sometimes, uh -huh. some crimes 
goes slipping through the cracks. Were you? Did you know this? Uh, you mean like when Trump tried to overthrow the election? Sure. <laughs> well, well, okay. Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't worry too much because I heard that. I would worry about that quite well, I mean, a bit. I mean, I worry actually. about that, but um, to help alleviate your fears, I heard okay. that uh, that that these two gumshoes are picking up the slack, as it were. Mm. You know, I'm mm. I'm just saying. There's there's no case too big, and and no case too small. When you need mm. help, just call Chipantail, Rescue Ranger, Chipantail with the Stanger. Oh, Rescue Rangers. Do you remember that toy line in the 2000s that were like action figures and they rescued people? You remember that? Oh, oh, the the um Rescue Heroes. That's a that's a separate thing. That is a that is completely unrelated. Rescue Rangers came first as well. Um, so yes. We are talking next week um, because Jurassic World Dominion isn't isn't uh, out yet. Um, yeah, uh, we will be talking about about uh, Chip and Dale uh, Rescue Rangers, the the movie version that uh, came out mm. on on Disney Plus. That's the that should be that fun time, fun time all around. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, in the mean absolutely, yeah. In the meantime, uh, this has been Hipster and the Nerd, and. Uh, Barring uh, complications, we do this every mm-hmm. week, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all of your major podcast platforms. And uh, please leave us a nice uh, five-star review, uh, subscribe, uh, vote in the polls, answer the, the Q&As, uh, spread the word on social media, share it with all of your friends hashtag hipster and the nerd help us grow the show we very much appreciate it Mm. uh i am chris hannah you can find me at mega nerd 98 on twitter and on letterboxd and you can also find me on my wordpress page mega nerds musings home of geeky ramblings and self-indulgent fan fiction i did after the last episode posted i did finally write my Young Justice and Autistic Representation follow-up piece. Mm. So if you want to get a look at that and hear me ranting about how this other how this otherwise great show fucked up this thing, um, uh, then you can you can go ahead and check that out. And uh, Brian, where can they find you? You can find me on Letterbox at Bbreck2. I watch a lot of obscure horror films. Or you can find me on uh, Twitter at Brian Brecker. I tweet occasionally uh or you can find me on facebook please don't or you can find me inside your hopes and dreams or you could also find me collecting laser discs ah i see Mm -hmm. so uh thank you everybody for listening seize the oh god i'm being eaten by a dinosaur Uh, uh seize the means of applebee's um while while you're wasting away in margaritaville uh, long live the motherfucking T-Rex, and we will see you next, next time. Next time. Dinosaurs are pretty cool. <laughs>